Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. All right, and welcome to a special episode of the Lunch Learner with Dr. Barry. You're truly Dr. Barry Pierre bringing you a Saturday episode where we are bringing an exclusive bonus content. This recording is actually from my Real Physician React series. Uh, for those who watch the series, first of all, thank you. For those who don't, I understand. I have some of my podcast listeners who only listen to my podcast, just like I have some of my video watchers who only watch my videos, right? I love it both, right? But on this episode, right, and this bonus episode that we'll see uh, in the future, um, when I think a topic is so great that, like, yeah, I don't think... I think my, I would be doing my podcast uh, family a disservice without including them on this information. I'll make sure I bring it here. So we are going to be talking about the recent um, gun um, massacre that occurred in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, that stemmed from a disgruntled patient and the lack of what they perceive uh, was the best level of care, which ended up resulting in four people being murdered. Um, and we're going to talk about that as well as just this discussion on violence in the workplace for healthcare workers and how it's way more common than people think. And this is just, unfortunately, a conclusion that if you ask a majority of healthcare workers, they wouldn't be surprised, right? So again, let's uh, stay tuned for, again for another bonus episode um, here on the Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry. All right, so we are live. Good evening. It is yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist, host of the Real Physician Reacts. And now, if this is the first time you're catching this live series, uh, every week. We try, right? I'll be honest. Like every well, I just started every week. Um, I come on here live Thursday evenings to give my personal thoughts on something that comes across my timeline. You know, that someone like hits me in my inbox and hey man, you should talk about this, especially from a physician's point of view. If you caught last week, we talked about the uncomfortable discussion of death, and more importantly, the fact that because so much was happening around us that I just knew it was becoming an overload, and especially from an emotional standpoint for a lot of people who are not equipped. And if you have not had a chance, make sure, obviously, you're subscribed to the channel. You're on my YouTube channel for sure. Uh, but more importantly, make sure you catch last week's episode just so you can kind of get in the mindset, right? Because we talked about the fact that because of death is uh, unfortunately all around us, especially with these mass shootings, that was kind of the topic of our discussion that a lot of people were having to either internalize it or block it off completely like there was some robot, right? Which, again, if you are not in the positions, but I'm, again, I'm as a physician, I, I train in a hospital, I take care of hospitalized patients. So I'm, I've been trained to deal with death at a level that I don't think most people are trained to deal with death, unfortunately. Uh, but unfortunately, because of what's happening here in this country, around the world, with COVID, with the pandemic, with mass shootings, uh, that a lot of people have been having to face that kind of head on. And an unfortunate thing I talked about last week, right? I said last week, because we were talking about mass shootings, I said, you know what? Because uh, at the time we were talking about the Texas shooting. I said, you know what? I think by the time some people catch this video, 
there's going to be a likely another mass shooting. So it won't even be the most recent mass shooting, right? So I can't even in this video talk about, hey, the most recent mass shooting, because you may be all kind of confused because you're like, no, nah, I thought the most recent mass shooting happened over here. And today we're going to tie in essentially two discussions. One, another mass shooting that occurred uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma at a medical clinic, medical center. And probably another underlying thing, which I don't think a lot of people even think about or has came up in like serious discussion, the the aspect of violence on healthcare workers in their workplace. This episode is brought to you by the Autism and Black Conference. The theme this year is culturally responsive parenting and advocacy. The CEO and founder, Maria Davis-Pierre, wants you to join us for two full days of powerful discussions about autism in the Black community to help empower all of our attendees by providing them with the resources to help better serve their families and their community. Uh, this year's conference is general mission from june 25th to 26th and the vip day is june 24th uh, please go to drbearpierre.com forward slash aib conference 22 for more details now if you have caught news probably in the past 48 hours again by the time i'm uh, recording this um you know that we had a patient um who was named um Let's see, Michael Lewis, right? Who was named as Michael Lewis, a disgruntled patient who went into his surgeon's office and gunned down uh, four people, shot others, but gunned down four people and murdered four others because of the fact that his pain was not controlled. I want us to think about that. All right. I want us to think about that. I want us to process that. That, you know, before we try to like think about mental health and everything else, let's just process the bare bones. You had a patient who was not happy with the service that was provided to them by their surgeon. And to take it out on that person, they say they went and bought guns to kill that person. And, and mind you, they bought guns like like I think recently. I think I think I saw some report that said they bought them that day. So let's think about what that means just overall. And I've, I've talked about this on previous lives. I talked about this on podcasts as well when I kind of discussed, um, you know, me going through my own personal lawsuit. Whereas as a physician, you can do everything by the book. You can, you know, cross every T, dot every I. And because the result doesn't occur, because it's not guaranteed. Like it's one of the things I say in a hospital you are not guaranteed to leave the hospital just because you come in the hospital. It's not a guarantee at all. Like, that's why I'm so thankful when I am able to discharge a patient because I know that's not a guarantee. Like, I know a person next to you ain't going to leave here. I know the person next to you may not leave here. So it's not a guarantee to leave the hospital. So anytime that happens, like, my patients are always like, we're just happy. Yeah, I'm happy because I'm happy to kick you out of here. I say this all the time. So here you have a process in medicine that is not a perfect exact science. It never has been and never will be. It's never been 100% successful. But here you have a society, right? And it's not just this gunman, but here you have a society that props up you know, physicians as if you are not 100% correct, like I'm okay to be upset and everything else under the sun. And, you know, and in this case here, murder you. I'm okay with murdering you because you did not do everything 
you said you were going to do like you because he was an orthopedic surgeon and you because you did not treat my pain uh, to the best of what I thought you should be able to treat my pain. I'm coming to murder you. Right. Let's let's um, which, again, is just sickening uh, when you think about, you know, what that means. Right. Let's let's I just want to kind of look at our uh, this, this article that kind of mentioned. Let me supersize myself. Perfect. Perfect. So, again, uh, Tulsa gunman ranted to his surgeon that bought, then bought a rifle three hours before the hospital massacre. Right. And then, again, we're obviously, we, I don't even want to focus on I don't even want to focus on the gunman. Right. Like, like, let's focus on the lives that are forever lost. Right. Dr. Preston Williams, Preston, Preston Phillips, I apologize, an orthopedic surgeon who performed the, uh, the back surgery. Uh, on him. It looks like uh, Lewis was released on the 24th. Uh, again, May 24th, but still continue to have pain. Um, looks like he called, complained several times over the past few days. Now, again, let's just think about that. He was discharged from the hospital May 24th. Y'all, it is June 2nd. So not like a little bit over a week went by and he, because his pain was not controlled in a little bit over a week, he decided I'm going to gun down this person here. Right. Just absolutely sad. At 2 p.m. Same day, Lewis purchased the AR-15 style uh, rifle from the local store. Right? Again, we're not here to talk about gun control, but we're here to talk about gun control. The fact that he's able to buy this uh, assault style weapon. Right. And he's not in the military. So I don't know who he's in, insulting except other people, because that's what you buy a, a weapon like this for. Right. He was able to buy it that day, go down to the hospital and shoot for other people. Right. But again, we're not focusing on him. Um, he was able a, a second orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Stephanie Houston, um, was also killed in the shooting. Um, as well as two other victims, uh, Amanda Glenn and William Love, who accompanied a patient to an appointment here. Right. Let's let's stop that. Let's stop that right there. Y'all. Um, so not only does he kill the surgeon who did the surgery, he also kills another surgeon in the office. He also kills the me- medical receptionist. And he also kills a bystander who happened to be accompanying somebody on their appointment. Y'all. Like. In what world, in what scenario is this okay? Like, let's just let's just pause right there. In what world, what scenario is it even okay for that, you know, train of events to occur and for us not to be like, wow, something is happening? And and I think because of how it occurred, aka the mass shooting, aka the AR-15. Um, usage, I think uh, what's going to get swept under the rug is that violence against healthcare workers is deemed very normal in this country. I'm not going to speak about other countries, but in this country, violence against healthcare workers is deemed extremely normal, right? Like, let's take a look at a letter uh, written by the American uh, Hospital Association uh, to the Attorney General, right? Uh, So you guys can understand like just how significant, just how severe this problem is. The uh, AHA, which is American Hospital Association, urges the DOJ to protect healthcare workers from workplace violence. Right. So, again, like, again, so this isn't just, you know, me coming off the cuff 
talking about like, oh, yeah, we should really protect the healthcare workers. No, this is a known problem that we have been dealing with for a long time. This is a known problem. If you talk to nurses, they have been dealing with this issue for a long time. If you talk to my emergency medicine doctors, this is a known problem that they have been dealing with for a long time. And when we see this accumulate up to the point where someone goes to shoot their doctor, it should not be a surprise to anyone, especially in this country, because you know how this country uh, feels about their guns, right? We should not be surprised that in this country, people feel like, you know what, a logical step is to go and gun down the doctor who took care of me because my pain isn't controlled. That is a logical step in this country because of how we allow violence against healthcare workers to be brushed uh, under the sun, right? So let's let's go back to, uh, you know, this, let's go back to this video right here. So, so I want you guys to see the letter. Uh, oh, let me make myself smaller. Wrong one, wrong one. Uh, let me make myself smaller. Oh, there you go. Um, let me see here. Do I want to read this letter? Um, <laughs> Dear Attorney General Garland, on behalf of the nearly... 5,000 member hospitals, health systems, other health organizations, our clinician partners, which include more than 270,000 affiliated physicians, 2 million nurses and other caregivers, and 43,000 healthcare leaders who belong to our professional membership organizations, request your support for legislation that will protect healthcare workers from assault and intimidation. Like, I just want you to kind of focus on this line here. Studies indicate that 44% of nurses report experiencing physical violence and 68% experience verbal violence during this pandemic, right? And I, I wanted to make sure I stopped and highlighted that because I think, I think the pandemic, right, showed a lot of people's true colors. Here we are, we had healthcare workers who were fighting to in the front lines to protect other people from a deadly virus that essentially stopped the whole world. And you had people uh, verbally accosting them, physically accosting them because of visiting restrictions, because of mass requirements. Uh, like, again, like, again, we're not even thinking about the shooting, thinking about the fact that, hey, I have a family but I'm here taking care of patients who have I, this known deadly virus that it is possible that I can bring back to my family. And, but that's not enough. I didn't have to deal with the fact that I'm going to have an unruly family member or patient friend or somebody, even sometimes a patient, uh, talk to me any kind of way, like physically accost me just because I'm trying to protect their life, uh, my life, my family, like think about that, right? And what's unfortunate and with some of the, a lot of the studies I've kind of discussed is that even though the amount of cases of physical and verbal abuse, like if you think about the number of cases, it gets severely underreported. Why? Why? And one reason only is that a lot of us have come to the fact that we just assume that it's a part of the job. We just assume it is a part of the job to face verbal insults. We feel, or assaults, right? We feel it's a part of the job to face physical assault, right? We think that that's normal, right? Imagine, again, imagine you working at Chick-fil-A. Shout out to Chick-fil-A. Imagine you're working at Burger King. Imagine you're working at Publix. Imagine you're working at Walmart. 
And in the back of your mind, you're telling yourself it is normal to have someone verbally yell at me or like attempt to beat me up or possibly beat me up. Like I'm clocking in knowing that someone may yell at me today. I'm clocking in knowing that someone may try to beat me up today. That is a normal train of thought that happens across this country uh, for my healthcare professionals. Again, I'm a hospitalist physician. I work in the hospital, long, acute care center. I work in a long-term acute care center. I work in rehabs, right? Like, like it is like so known that it doesn't even like shock us when we hear like, oh, they had to call security on so-and-so. They had to call security on, like, like that doesn't even move you. But imagine if you were going to work and you're working at Publix, you're working at Walmart, you're working at Chick-fil-A, right? And someone said like, man, you had a customer like climb over, uh, you know, the counter to try to fight me, right? Like that would make news everywhere, right? That would be news everywhere. Like you would have memes, you would have people talking about it. Like there's this one video um, I forget. I want to say it's either Taco Bell or KFC, right? It's a funny, funny video. But you had, and it was, it was, it was a, it was a skit. Uh, but it was someone uh, looking for one of the healthcare workers, not not even healthcare worker, one of the workers, right? I think because I think it's Taco Bell or um, it was Taco Bell KFC, and they were looking for one of the workers to say like, "Hey, like I heard you were talking to my boyfriend, right?" And then you see these people gang up on them. You're like, hold on, you're not gonna like attack my coworker, right? Like, but in healthcare, we don't do that because we're so used to that happening. We're like, oh, just call Code Gray. Just call security. Like, okay, you know, I got, you know, someone tried to hit me. Someone tried. Like, we we have just come accustomed to it because we know we're in a system that just kind of allows it to go. So when you have an instance where you have a person who, because they did not get the result that they expected, they feel they're in their right to go buy a rifle to kill the doctor, to kill whoever else is in that building because they didn't get the result that they were expected, right? Like this can't, this cannot be just brushed under like, oh my God, mass shooting, mental health, everything else, right? And we talked last week with the Texas school shooting and I saw people, I saw people commenting, oh, you know, we, we should arm we should arm the teachers. Are you kidding me? Like we should arm the teachers and that's how we'll protect uh, more elementary kids from being gunned down. Not the fact that, man, we should probably make it difficult to for people to get gunned down. No, let's arm the teachers, right? And make it so that if they do get attempted to be gunned down, there's like a firefight. And I saw someone post that I shared it on my Instagram page, uh, Instagram stories that they they reference. Oh, what do you think? Give me the scenario that there's a gunman, there's a gunman in you know a school, and you have a black male teacher, right? Who who happens to be carrying a gun? Like, what do you think is likely going to occur? Right? Like, and again, if you're honest with yourself, you're saying that black man probably shouldn't be wearing a gun, right? So now, like. I'm I'm waiting, right? I'm just waiting for someone to hop in their comments to make a post to say, "Man, we should now start arming the doctors. 
We should now start arming the medical receptionist. We should now start arming, arming patients who come. Like if you're a patient, you're going to your doctor's appointment. Maybe you should bring a gun, right? Because you know someone out here, probably someone who will watch this video say, man, well, if they had a gun, then, you know, he wouldn't have been able to gun all four of them down, right? You know someone's going to say that. And, and that's what's crazy. That is what's crazy with this. Uh, and I don't even like to call it a debate. But this discussion on this public health emergency on mass shooting is that we, when people on the other side are not giving anything viable to like credible, like, you know, means of discussion, right? You can, you, you almost have to ignore them. But again, I don't want, and again, I don't want it to get swept under the rug. Like violence against doctors and nurses is common as can be. And mind you, we don't report it. Like it just, we we don't report it. We don't get to the point where we're like, all right, I'm going to put you, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to press charge. I'm going to go. We don't even get all that because we're like, man, I got so many other patients to take care of. Like, I'm not going to deal with that. Right. I'm not going to deal with it. I had a patient. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even a patient of mine at one of my facilities. So I, I, you know, greats in there. Like it was like, and it, it reminded me of that person there. Like, so I come into the, I come into the hospital. I park, you know, doctor's parking lot towards the front. And then I just see this random car just kind of like make this illegal U-turn and they come into our parking lot and they park right next to me. I know it's not a doctor because I can see who was in it. Right. And this person just kind of storms out, storms out of his car. And, you know, he's he's at the front desk. Right. And he's demanding he's demanding to see uh, one of the nurses that worked at the hospital. Right. And he's like, I want to see this nurse. I want to see this nurse. And I can tell this guy is very angry. Right. So clearly I'm like, yeah. This guy does not need to be nowhere near the nurse he's looking for because clearly he is not in a right mind to do something that would make sense, right? He's in a right, he's in a type of mindset that someone's gonna likely get hurt if he happens to see that nurse. So, first again, I'm a big guy, right? I'm a big guy, I'm taller than the guy, I'm kind of looking down on him and I'm talking to him, trying to calm him down. And he's going a mile a minute about how bad the care was and how the patient, how the nurse, you know, didn't uh, respect them and then do give them his pain medication, right? Pain, which we can have a whole different conversation on pain control and what patients feel their pain control should be um, out in the world, right? We can have a whole discussion on that. But like, I'm, I spent about 10, 15 minutes just calming this guy down, right? Because in back of my mind, I'm like, uh, there's no way I'm going to let him get to my nurse, right? Because I don't know what he's going to do when he's, if, or when he's, if he sees my nurse, I don't know what he's going to do, but I'm not going to let that opportunity go down anyways. So I, you know, fortunately I was able to kind of calm down the situation after talking to him about 15 minutes and he kind of went on his way. Uh, but I told the security, I said, Hey, uh, this is a person that should be on the no uh, visit list. Like there should be zero reason why this person should ever be able to walk into our building. Right. But again, he, as confident as he was, he was able, he just, he just felt that he should be able to just kind of walk in. I want to walk in. I want to talk uh, to the nurse. Right. Because again, when, especially again, my nurses, shout out, first of all, I shout out to my nurses because I know like as, as a physician, I'll be honest, I'm in the hospital, right. As a physician, I'm not with my uh, patient's 12 hours a day, right? It, it just, it, that's not it. I'm not with my patients 12 hours a day, but the people who are, they're the ones who typically have to deal with the brunt of anger from a patient. They're the ones who have typically have to deal with the brunt of anger from a family member, right? They're the ones who typically have to deal with uh, the brunt of not getting, you know, pain control 
you know, in a timely manner, not getting their antibiotics or whatever. They're, they're the ones who tip or their food's not correct, right? The amount of people who complain about food is a whole whatever. They're the ones who have to deal with that for 12 hours, right? Like they have to sit there. They have to take it. They have to hear the buzzers. And a lot of the violence is typically uh, affected towards them. It's typically geared towards them. Right. I've, I've had I've had patients say, say, uh, you know, verbal costs. I've had assaults. I've had patients uh, with racial uh, insults against my nurses. Right. Again, it's funny because, you know, me. Right. Right. Which, again, they hold that discussion. Um, physical. Right. You know, and young, old trying to beat up my nurses. Right. Because they feel like they're in their right to put their hands on us healthcare workers. And I think this pandemic, if it didn't show you anything, this pandemic showed uh, that you guys are very, and I hate to say you guys to lump you all together, right? But we're just talking. There's a lot of people very comfortable with abusing uh, healthcare workers, right? Uh, Dr. McLaughlin, um, who's a funny, funny um, ophthalmologist, he did he did a great TikTok. I, I'll put it in the description um, once I find it. Uh, but he kind of talked about how pre, like early pandemic. Everyone was outside cheering us. They had signs. They had cards. The hospitals did too, right? Cards and everything. But then like a year and a half into the pandemic, those same people had like pitchforks and they were yelling at us. They were like calling, they were, they were telling us we were, we were faking the disease. Uh, the same, same people, right, who loved us before hated us afterwards, right? And they had no problem showing that they hated us, right? They had no problem going to our workplace, which is supposed to be our safe place and letting us know that they don't like, like what we are doing, right, for the patients, right? Like it's, crazy craziness uh, on top of everything, right? So when, when I see what occurred with Dr. Phillips, and again, let me, let me not miss, I do not want to miss anyone's name, Dr. Stephanie Houston, um, uh, Amanda Glenn, William Love, right? When I see what occurred with them, right, my heart goes out to them uh, because they are, again, victims of a society who is okay being violent to the people who are literally trained and paid to take care of them. Like, again, let me say that again. So we can wrap, we can make sure we get that fully people in this society, right. Are okay being violent against the people who are trained and paid right to take care of them. Like, like if that's not irony, if that's not sad, I don't know what is. And, and the question is, what did we do from here, right? Because I know because of this most recent mass shooting, and again, I keep saying most recent, again, we're this is June 2nd, um, you know, maybe unfortunately by the time I record another Real Physician Reacts, there may be another one, right? Because unfortunately that's how it's been going. By the, by, by the chance that you have, you know, healthcare workers saying, man, what is, what, what can we do after this? Right. Because, no, we're not going to arm all healthcare workers to go in the facility. We're not going to do that. Not going to happen. Right. One, because, again, I, I am a I will tell you for myself. Right. Again, remember, real physician reacts. Right. I am a black male in the United States. I'm not carrying no gun around. Right. So like some cop can gun me down and say, I did not know this guy was a esteemed physician in the community. I did, I did, I'm not because they don't know, but they don't ask those types of questions when they shoot us. So I'm not. So you're not going to see me volunteering to carrying a gun while I go see my patients 
who's recovering from COVID and COPD and pneumonia and like that's not going to happen, right? So that any any person you see even mention that maybe we should arm like the healthcare workers, tell them to stop it now. Tell them uh, Dr. Barry, who has more common sense than a lot of people, is not going to be walking around with no gun. Um, you know, for for a for a police officer to mistake. Even I could be wearing white coat. Maybe I'm just wearing scrubs uh, to mistake him for an assailant and shoot him and then ask the questions later. Not going to happen. But we have to, especially in this society, we have to really start recognizing that, like, man, it is very real and very dangerous for a lot of our healthcare workers. And if we aren't more proactive in trying to stop the violence, right, and even even I'll talk to my healthcare workers um, we have to get to the point where when someone's violent to you in the hospital, like we got to go to full court Nelson and press charges. Like we have to start making examples of people um, who are violent against us. Right. And again, like the, I think I saw one article that talked about, you know, the four types of violence. Let me see if I can see if I can pull that up for us. Da, da, da. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Let me. Let me pull that up. I think it's a good one too, just so people can kind of get an idea of the type of violence that you know we typically have to face. So this here, and it looks like it was out of the New England Journal of Medicine. Shout out to New England Journal of Medicine. Um, talked about the four types of violence that occurs in the workplace. Let me big up that make make the screen a little bit bigger. Um, the first type is by perpetrators who have no association with the workplace or employees. So this is just a random Joe Blow ran up into a facility um, to assault. Um, the second is the assailant is a customer or patient of the workplace or employee. So again, this is this is this instance in Tulsa where th- this Mr. Lewis was a patient of Dr. Phillips. The third type is when the attacker is a current or former employee of the workplace. That happens too, right? Again, like, yes, I'm talking about protecting ourselves against family members, uh, patients, and patients themselves. But there's some co-workers out there who need to not be there, right? Because, especially for my nursing, um, you know, because they're not feeling protected because of how that uh, co-worker acts towards them. Um, the fourth type occurs when the perpetrator has a personal relationship with the employee, but not with the workplace, right? So again, that's something where like, you know, maybe it's a, a spouse or a friend um, who comes to do violence against, you know, that employee in particular, but they say, you know what, I'm going to go to your job, right? I'm going to go to your job. Why? Because I feel comfortable going to your job to try to ins- assault you. Think Again, I feel comfortable going to your job to assault you, right? Like, that's the mindset of like that last type. So again, it's again, unfortunate, unfortunate that not even a week in um, here on the channel, we have to speak about another mass shooting. Unfortunate that in this, uh, this example, the mass shooting we're having to speak about is occurring against uh, healthcare workers, which again, ties me in as well, right? I'm a healthcare worker, like, you know, so the public health brain, the medical brain, all tied into this uh, instance here. But the question becomes, what do we do, right? Like, what do we do? And again, I don't want us to only stop at like, oh, we got to do something about gun control because that's still, and that's why I wanted to do, that's why I did this uh, episode specifically about how 
Um, not that there is now violence against healthcare workers, but that there is more violence against health workers, right? I want to make sure like we really drive home the fact that people know that like this violence against healthcare workers is not a new thing. It's not a new phenomenon. This pandemic obviously highlighted a lot of it, but it's been happening even before the pandemic. Um, again, my nurses, my emergency uh, room physicians, those who are in the acute care settings deal with this a lot. And all because, especially against, especially with these patients, all because patients are expecting perfect res results from imperfect humans, right? They're expecting the most lavish results for, uh, and again, medicine is a science, right? It is, it, again, you, you sprinkle here, you sprinkle here, and you hope you have the best result. Uh, but when you don't have this best result for your patient, right, like, should you now be worried that this patient may come out to like, if I can't control my patient's blood pressure, do I need to worry that my patient may come out to try to gun me down? Right. If I can't control my patient's blood pressure, right. If or I can't help them lose weight, do I need to be concerned now that they may gun me down? If I can't get rid of their end stage cancer, do I now need to be concerned that they may gun me down? Right. Like Jen, think about the standards that are being placed on physicians that are just unfair. Right. Just think about that. Um, you know, the next time, again, we have to process, you know, another tragedy that especially happens uh, in uh, the workplace, right? Especially for my healthcare workers, man. So again, I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, again, a board certified internist, host of lots of different things, Real Physician Reacts, this live uh, show you just watched, um, Medicine Mondays, make sure you catch next week's episode of Medicine Mondays, the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry podcast. Again, all links will be in the show notes for any articles that I may have posted. You guys be blessed. Have a great and hopefully safe weekend. And God willing, I hope to see you guys next week. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. And more importantly, share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.